Well, welcome back to another episode of the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And head of technology. I think you've been head of technology before. I've just right? reapplied. Have you? Yeah. And you got a job? Yeah. Were you hiring yourself? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tax dodge. <laughs> the Miles Driven tax dodge. That's how we're starting a podcast, yeah? yeah? <laughs> tax dodging information. Um, do you have anything you want to start on this on this podcast with? You're blindsided with questions. No, that's fine. I don't. No. Oh, I was doing. You want to talk about a bolt, though? I was doing some work with my wife on the car the other day, and she wanted to learn how to change a wheel. Right. And if you're watching this, I'll hold this up to the camera. This is what happens to a bolt when you don't put the. And it's not to call her out. She knows I'm talking about this. What she did is she put the the socket over the end halfway, and then pulled like hell. Interesting. And it ended up, I'll hold it up there, with it being the end of it just rounded. So I had to get a smaller, well, I had to get a slightly smaller one, hammer it on, and then fortunately get it off. And then I had to try and find somewhere that sold these boats that, bolts that wasn't the main dealer and, and would tell here, me just one. Here is the crux of the story. <laughs> I, I, I thought um, there's a very popular parts company called euro car parts they're not sponsoring us but who who is so <laughs> <laughs> um and i thought well they'll have it and they they have like a um compatibility measure online uh it kept on trying to send me to one that didn't look right and this is the odd thing is that i know that sometimes i'll just put a library picture but if it doesn't look right you don't really want to go all the way there no whereas um all the way being 10 minutes down the road for you but then, but then if I'm there and I'm holding it, I'm like, oh, good. Well, now I've got to drive home. So it's like a half-hour nice round out. trip. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. Get yourself Burger King on the way back or a Taco Bell. <laughs> um, in the end, I went to GSF Parts, who are very similar. Never heard of them. It's funny because you probably never heard of them. Well, you haven't, obviously. And maybe a lot of people listening haven't, but they are the same thing as yours. You know, you can go there for your trade. You can go there for your mm-hmm. public. And... Um, the woman said to me, oh, just one bolt. But yeah. <laughs> and clearly I could tell she was disappointed. Like they must have much larger orders. And the guy before me was, had paid for something and then left. Buying parts for BMW. Yeah. Sort of like, <laughs> I need to rebuild an entire car sort of thing, <laughs> um, which I wasn't doing. So yeah, there was a little bit of disappointment, I think, from that side of things. But um, Trent got it. And then I said, oh, can I actually compare it? And I couldn't get it out the wrapper. Right. And the wrapper was not clear. So I'm trying to compare two bolts in my hand by feel. Anyway, yeah, problem solved, got it in the end. But the the lesson is, if you are ever trying to show someone, because she did all nine other bolts that she had to undo. So she did both the back wheels. Right. Um, because I was replacing the brake pads on her car. And she did one wheel, absolutely fine. And then she this was the fifth on the other wheel. She got complacent. Didn't quite put it on it was on so the lesson here is don't get complacent when you're removing wheel bolts so it's a life lesson i'm going to go into the main section of this podcast now if you're listening he's got himself an ipad well i've always Ready. got an ipad it's just not normally here yeah <laughs> getting all fancy now the cameras are on um yeah i thought we would make a real effort for the last two of this season since... this is the world's longest season of anything yeah yeah i genuinely think if you are if you rang up guinness they no, there's got to be yeah. someone who just forgot to put seasons on their show. No, you did. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, to end season one, we've got this one and the next one. And uh... Season one, it's been a year. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? It's been over a year. I found the original recordings. Do you remember when we had this just in a corner? Yes. And the camera was sort of just shoved. With one microphone. With one microphone and um, nowhere near. Well, we had sound deadening, but it was kind of just blue tack. Just as bad then as it is now. (laughs) Um, So because of that, we'll we'll go from then to now and that'll be the end of our season. But in this one, I want to talk about great engines. So I've made a short list of things. Now, this is not exhaustive because I know the second I talk about great engines, people listening will be like, hold on, he missed this one. He missed this one. He missed this. He should have said this. What about this one? So I've I've written a bit of a list that I could think of. If I hope you you're not going to ask me. Any, well, before I start, is there, are there? <laughs> no. <laughs> there's no engines that you think are great. No. This is like completely out of my realms of any knowledge, to be honest. No, but you would have known cars that had good engines. Yeah, but I know what the engine was. Like, you talk about, like, oh, yeah, this has got the... The C4X engine in it. That, that's been in this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, cool. It was funny. Um, I had And it was really good conversation. But someone, when we did the Focus RS uh, buyer's guide, and I said the Mustang and the, the Focus RS had the same engine. And they sort of said, no, they're different. So I was like, well, I, I'm, I want to understand what you mean. Because they, they were very you know decent about it. And they said, depends what you mean by engine. And so I was like, well, I mean the block and the, the ancillary parts directly connected to it. But when you go to things like drivetrain, there are a lot of differences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, CV shaft, prop shaft, all those things are different between the engines. But if you're talking about the bottom end, the crankshaft, the cylinder walls, um, and the head, the, the main difference, well, the only difference is the head and the head gasket. And that's why anyone that knows anything about the Mark III Ford Focus and all the recall issues they had, they're all built in a Valencia um, plant, and they were built. Machine that's a plant in Valencia. It's it not is. just a specific and type they sort of plant. Of coded <laughs> internally. They've coded that engine Valencia, even though it's called two point three turbo EcoBoost. Right. If you notice about Ford, Ford always name all their engines. Okay. So, yeah, the Predator engine is in the Mustang. Voodoo engine is in the Mustang. The Coyote engine. Those are the three engines in the current Mustang, along with the two point three turbo. EcoBoost, which isn't really fallen in. So it's called Valencia after where it is, but it's only internally called that. Right. So a few people have asked me, well, I don't, I've never heard it called that. It's like, yeah, if you speak to a motoring journalist who's actually been to the power plant or knows anything about Ford, they'll kind of say, oh yeah, there's like a, a Ford internal sort of referral of oh, mm-hmm. Valencia, but it's not given that five litre Coyote name that's in the Mustang. Interesting. Example. But anyway, we got into this sort of real conversation about what we consider an engine. And I thought, you know, clearly there are a lot of people who are interested in the real crux of what an engine is. And in the end, I was like, if you go down to the, you know, like the wrist pins are the same. The, the crankshafts are both made of the same stainless steel. So you can get quite into the never-never about yeah. what's similar, what's different about engines. And it just made me think there's probably a lot of people who listen to us and hopefully who watch us. That's the end of that sentence, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the end of that <laughs> sentence. Who may have in their head, oh, I'm really interested in this engine. What I would say is because this is our podcast and because I don't want to make it so that people listening are lost. Fall asleep? Yeah, because well, if I talk about an engine and then they don't know what it looks like, 
It's easy if you're watching and put up a picture. Yeah. No good if you're listening. You're just trying to get people to come across the YouTube. Bit uh, of internet I would marketing. hope they already do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if it's on, if you're watching it on video, then we can put up little pictures and it might just jog people's mind. But I thought what I was going to start with was an engine that I thought you would be interested in. However, I did. I neglected to get a name of it, but it was the steam engine. Okay, that's the first great engine, I would say. Yeah. Now I don't have a name of the first one. I want it. Oh, actually. Oh, it was called Fire Engine at first, though. Must distinctly a different vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was called a fire engine because you you essentially are um, burning something with fire. Like, do you know? Then let's have a bit of a a bit of an intermittent quiz, just quickly. No. Okay, go on. <laughs> no, you go. Have you got any idea of what the name of it is? Not a clue. Like, uh, what are we talking? Give me some context. So I, this is just the Wikipedia sentence. <laughs> We're going back a fair way. Okay. The first recorded rudimentary steam engine oh, was no, the no. blank I know mentioned by blank between 30 and 15 BC. No. I thought your steam engine knowledge was like... Not at all. <laughs> I like, love I like train. old trains. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Aleophile was the name of it. Okay. By that like something you get arrested for. Vetruvius. Vetruvius? Is he an ancient Greek god? Okay, it's got to be, yeah, it's from Greek. That's the it's name from, of it's it. from where? Oh, it's from Greek, the language. The, the language, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the countries. <laughs> um, I, know you, I know we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks, but your voice has gone well off. <laughs> known as Heron's engine uh, for people. He will definitely was a Greek god. And mentioned by Vitruvius, I'm going to guess that's also going to be part of Greek history somewhere. It could be maybe Roman, actually. Ooh. So anyway, so what you're saying is when Caesar did all his conquering, he was basically just hopping aboard the Flying Scotsman. Yeah. But what I wanted to point out, and I didn't realise they were quite that old, mm. is that when we talk of engines, because the list I've got here, I was trying to get in some older engines. Because I know that we've got a broad listener base from mm-hmm. people who are quite young and still haven't learned to drive all the way up to people who are long retired and you know whatever else and they may remember completely different might engines. remember that track that engine they might do yeah <laughs> they might be there like oh yeah i remember when he wrote that down yeah before jesus was even born <laughs> yeah. but i realized that a lot of the engines i picked out are kind of i don't want to say our generation but they're ones that there's no engines on here i don't think where you'll say i've never heard of it it's going to be like, like Stevenson's rocket on there. No, right? it's <laughs> going to be like the last 30 years of engines. And I'm well aware that there are some great engines before that. So it's not an exhaustive list, but I thought it'd be a bit of fun to do on our podcast. The first engine I want to pick out. Can you guess? And I'll give you one clue, Sam, of what engine this is. I don't think I'm going to do very well in this quiz. No, <laughs> no I think you might do. If you think <laughs> about it, this engine was in a car that I banged on about on this podcast. For many an episode. Oh, you bang on about a lot of things, though. Yeah, I do. It'd be the car, one of the cars that's not been sold over here. Uh, it was sold over here. Oh. The history of the engine is not from here, although we know it as a. Oh, I say we know it as a British engine, but we know it. Oh, is it an MGBT? Oh, you're so close, Sam. <laughs> so it's the Rover V8, right? <laughs> which is actually a Buick V8, and it's on that advert behind your head. It's okay. the original adver- advert for. The MGB GT V8, which had a Rover V8. Miles' favourite car. 
But if you, of all time. <laughs> but if you've had any British vehicle with a V8 in it between, let's just say, like the 70s and early 2000s, there are, there are quite a lot of exceptions because, you know, new engines did come out. But there is a good chance it had what's referred to as the Rover V8. And since that engine basically made everything move in this country that was, you know, a Land Rover, a Jaguar, um, all of the brands that unfortunately are now disappeared. I think Jensen Inceptor had a Rover V8. So like, there's a, and of course, when the MGB finally got its moment in the sun it was did it have a moment in the sun yeah it was when it had the v8 brilliant and that was would you call it a moment in the sun was it ever do you know what's funny is that that popular the non-convertible so i suppose it wouldn't have been in the sun it would have been over here in blighty probably rusting whereas the americans that got i'd say it's only popular now that they're rare i've talked about it no now (laughs) that they're rare uh no mgb the mgb is probably one of the if you want to own a classic car it's so well followed across the world, and there's so many parts manufacturers that still make parts for it that it's like the. Well, they have to because they keep breaking down. Well, <laughs> I think there's something like three hundred thousand of them still in existence. I should, from, I'm going to Google that. Yeah, I think it's from a run of about one point one million. There's something like three hundred thousand. Like there's a huge number of people that kept MGBs, but because of that, the like if you want to get a classic car. There's lots you could get, and obviously you'll struggle to get parts, this, that, and the other. If if you want the easy road in, where someone will sort of look at it and go, oh, that's a classic, but it's not going to be like, there's six camshafts left in the world for this car, and they're all 400 grand. Yeah. You got your figures, Sam? I do. What was uh, my Hang on, do I? The MG, MGB was first introduced on the market in 1963. Yep. by the British Motor Corporation and ceased production in 1980. Although a limited re-release was issued between 92 and 95. You're right. By the end of 2018... By popular demand, Sam. Because The I number was born of then. registered MGB modelled... Yeah. MGB models had net declined to 21,236 units. What per so year? Own registered models. But what was it talking about? That's it left, were, were we manufacturing? Go- it's under the how many MGB cars are left. So you are 279,000 no. short. <laughs> There's not only 25,000 left. Um, because um, of its popularity, more than half a million are built, many remain on the, many remain on the road, and it means it's one of the most valuable. Let's have a look. So, I would say, would you say, sorry, so I was overestimating how many were originally built, because I said um, a million. Yeah. That, that's incorrect. It's over say. half a million. Uh, right, let's see. Let's here. all just wait for Miles to uh, prove himself wrong. Yeah, this is where, oh, <laughs> this is what we left. like to do. <laughs> <laughs> One of our favourite things to do no, on the podcast. I remember writing the, um, what, an advert for the MGB GT V8 that I pictured when i was doing classic car photography and i remember having to look up a little bit and it was like this thing of i was a little bit green to it so i didn't realize how popular this was mm. and then i went into it and i was like ah oh, of all classic cars this is the one to own and now that i'm trying to get these figures my mm. ipad is just frozen but we've got a discrepancy of like 270 odd thousand here between what google's told me and what you seem to think yeah 
Let's have a little look, see if I can get a better figure that favours me more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be better. So it needs to be over 150,000. Uh, why does... I guess... But by your right, if they're saying, so let's be generous and say over half a million were made, so let's say 600,000, you, you're saying over, well, exactly No, half. yeah, then I'd be wrong. I would be wrong. Yeah, mm. no, I have to be wrong. Because I thought it was a million to 300,000. Well, so as always, you've proven yourself wrong on the Well, podcast. I said 30%. Let's say it was half a million. What would 30% be? Uh, 150,000. Mm. That's seeming like an overestimation now. Anyway, we're not talking about the engine. So... No, because we're concentrating on you being wrong. <laughs> Oh, but you're looking on... Is that in the UK? don't know. Just on the first thing Google told me. Rapcar.my. No, mine was Statistastudia. Okay. We will um, try and find this out, and I will mention it in the next podcast if we do find it out. But the point being... So let's just take it that I'm right. You didn't have a guess, so you can't be right. You could, all No, you I, I, I don't deal in guesses, mate. I deal in facts. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only speak facts. Next engine. I don't know. Wouldn't want to make a guess. The LS. Okay. Engine series. Particularly, I picked out the LS3. Okay. Because as far as I know, that was the one that got put in the Holden Monaro. And being one of my favourite cars, that... What does LS stand for? Oh, it's just the series of engines. They now now do LT, but it's the GM V8. Um... And I'm going to, you can fill for a second, Sam, while I give you a name. Oh, so I just feel like you should know what no, these because the problem for, was, Mr. Engine. Do you know the problem was? I wanted to have loads of details and I have like five engines. Yeah. And it's that classic thing of, how do I narrow it down to five? Well, I have to include this one, this one, this one, this one. I've got 19 now. So, but then that's unfair without mentioning this one, this one, this one. Uh, See, to me, this whole information bracket you're going through is equivalent in my head. I'm not saying this is true but in my head it's equivalent to pick your favorite cloud pick your favorite well it's just as like to me it's that that they i'd group those together like well i'm not going to do that okay the ls is a uh, small but i'll just read it off wikipedia why not um it's a small engine primarily a va used by gm in rear-wheel drive vehicles since 95 but it's known as cheap power it's interesting i just like to know why they why they called it ls just interesting I think it's just coding, right? Because they've switched. GM recycled the LT designation before beginning with the LS generation. It goes on and on and on. That was 2014. I say I don't want to go off into the never-never. The let's speed. And they replaced it with the let's travel. I suppose, to be fair, that's like a a bit like saying, oh, do you know what? I was going to say something wrong there. Because I was going to say that's like when Lexus named their cars IS. Yeah. and But they all do actually have a meaning. Yeah. Like, for example, an ES is executive sedan. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, luxury sedan is the LS. Don't know what RX um, stands for. IS. Is... Rallycross, because it's 4x4. Four four. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It um, might be. You laugh. Next engine. Okay. It's We're all not, very excited. Not a car engine. The Scania V8. Now, I know people watching this. People watching this <laughs> will. Um, We'll say a lot of d- different truck engines, but there is something fantastic about the Scania V8, and that is, if you look at trucks across the world, almost all of them are now straight sixes. Okay. Scania have stuck with a V8, and it is a, in my view, a why, better engine. Why so? Why so heavy on Scania? 
Uh, because I know a lot about it because my wife works. Yeah. <laughs> not endorsed at all. No, well, they're not. But I mean, you know. No, when I, I went to, uh, in the UK, they have a big car, a oh, big truck show called uh, Truck Fest. And right. I went there, my wife was working there at the, for an event they had at the main stand. And I just walked around and I said, this is very different to a car show I've ever been at. Because if you go to a car show that's like an open car show, it's not you know, Ford Fest or, you know, a, a particular brand or, you know, Jap car. So it's like, it's not, this I was I think just, that's called Jap Fest. That is called Jap, at Santa Pod it is. I was thinking of oh, the okay. Silverstone one. But, um, but Only because Top right. Gear went there once. I just need to adjust <laughs> the camera. Oh. This is the, prefer- I mean, I don't know if you'll, I've sent you the video, whether it'll be included on the outtakes of this, I don't know. But there was a video of you using some brown tape to glue a phone to your computer screen yeah which is the very professional outfit that we are so you're saying that phone is for the last sort of five minutes just been recording the top of your hair yeah well it it won't because i'll switch it to the main camera for that bit (laughs) (laughs) um i've got a quick complaint all right but we can pick it up at the end but just remind me no no pick it up now because you'll forget and then no it's just it was it's sort of the next subject to talk about okay so it might be a bit weird to put in the middle of let me let me write at the end gripping countdown engines (laughs) sam's complaint (laughs) Um, so I went to this truck show. The the big thing about the Scania is they have a seven hundred the top 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 model seven hundred and seventy horsepower V eight diesel. Obviously they're all diesel. But what really surprised me, and what, you know, some people have V eight tattoos. The Scania V eight logo tattoo. That's how big <laughs> a support. But what was amazing is to say you go to a regular car show. This is like, you know, anyone can turn up. Mm-hmm. What you generally don't see at those car shows is any one some p- bloke in his truck <laughs> <laughs> no one particular brand dominating mm-hmm. it was it was like scania had a show and invited other truck yeah well if you think lorry you think scania wouldn't you that'd be the first company Mercedes? i think of no i wouldn't put them as daft truck. man daft maybe i'd go volvo before mercedes volvo i thought volvo would have i thought it would be scania volvo mercedes those would be I the wouldn't three. put Mercedes up there, really. Oh, they're huge truck manufacturers. I know they are, but I yeah. just I wouldn't. It's not where your head goes to. That's I'd go Scania, Daft Man, that's it. And then Volvo is like your sort of luxury lorry. Well, Mercedes is your luxury lorry. Well, you see, some, some people would argue that. Well, I know that for a fact. Why? Because I used to live somewhere that... No, no, but I mean, where... why, why are they luxury? Well, I'm just going off what this... I used to live yeah. with an ex-partner. Yeah, and yeah, her, yeah, yeah. her father was... He owned a haulage business. Yeah. And one of his drivers had a Mercedes. Yeah. And when he went out to buy a new lorry, he bought two new Volvos. Interesting. He said they're so much better than Mercedes. The Mercedes is all very good if you want your sort of fancy, you know, computers and all this sort of stuff. But if you want an actual nice lorry, and he used to drive to Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they were doing long drives. Yeah, yeah. He, Volvo all the time. So which were very cool. I went out and did one deli- one day with him once, which was quite cool. As I say, the, the other thing that enters this is like the, all the American trucks as well. Where all the brands we're talking about don't really have no, but that was their because we're their cab rigs over... are just completely different. Yeah, they? so we're so... cab over design in yeah. Europe, and I think Australia is a mix. Mm-hmm. You have cab over, and you have the sort of American style ones because depending on what they need. To, yeah, you know, uh, around the world, there's a mix, but I'm pretty sure the cab over design for the European design has a bit more popularity. Well, it's just more compact, isn't it? Yeah, if you put like a cab of a Scania next yeah. to, I don't even know the ones that they make in America, but if you put it next yeah, to one of those, I imagine they're like four times as long. 
they're they're a lot longer they're not as high and you've got more i think one of the other big differences is in the u.s they they don't need so they they need sleepers a lot more often mm-hmm. whereas in europe because the distance is you know there's a lot more short you need you need something that's compact and you don't don't necessarily need to drive for four days unless you're doing like Italy, i'd be interested like to know if there are many lorries that don't have a I know a sleeping compartment in the back of the cab nowadays. Oh, loads! I know really? Scania, for example. I think it's two. Like you can select um, for a sleeper, or then you can select all the other ones. And I, in my head, does it make the cab smaller then? Makes or the cab s- shorter. Is that space just used for something else? I think you you could have a bench space there, but the cab's definitely um, shorter. So they're making two different chassis. Oh, the, yeah. I mean, the, it's been fascinating to learn. From every time my wife comes home and she learns something new and she tells me about it, I'm like, really? And I look mm. it up and it's it's a world that I don't have a lot of knowledge in. Can't you get one on test? Yeah, well, I need you a truck license. Well, go and get one. Yeah, well, I will. If you were committed to the podcast, you'd yeah. have done it. Yeah, um, we'll go and get a truck license. That could, I'll tell you what, that could be your new career path. It could be a trucker. That's, that's, uh... You think of all the YouTube and you could, they're really popular. There's a couple yeah. of guys that make a lot of money off them yep. filming their day. It's weird what people are interested in watching, isn't it? I think the big thing with trucking... I'm tangenting a lot right now. No, I think the big, just quickly, I think the big thing with trucking is that it's a bit like when pilots um, record. It's something that you can't... Like, if someone's just recording their drive, yeah. you could go and do it. I could go and do it. So unless they're doing something particularly interesting on that drive, whereas truck driving, flying a plane, whatever else, because you need a particular special license to do it, and it's not something that everyone's doing, and these people are doing it as their profession... Yeah. If you want to live vicariously and be a trucker for the day, you do have to go and you know, watch someone else do it. Because unless you're going to go and spend a few thousand pounds getting your license and you know filling out all the tests, it's, but I, um, I follow you, this will make you. I mean, you will laugh. So I follow someone on YouTube called Tim the Lawnmower Man. Oh, obviously. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm away from the microphone. Um, oh, obviously, that's who you follow. But yeah. he's got tens, if not into triple digits, thousands of followers. Oh yeah, and yeah. He, he's Australian, but he yeah. literally just goes around cutting people's lawns. Yeah, and people like to watch it, which to me fascinates me that somebody would like the idea of just I like I should stick a GoPro to the front of my mower at work for the day, and I could a, set up a YouTube channel. If you put a drone up that just records you doing a day's work when you're doing like a, a pitch, for example, yeah, see, I think people would enjoy that. Oh, they'd love it. it I just it, don't know if you could get a drone that could hover above for a couple of hours to watch me. Yeah, do you it. can but, do, but there it, it's it's cost. Yeah. Um, but the, the main thing is it's something that I think a lot of people would like to do more things and we have that time to go and do it. The trouble is, for example, doing what you do as a job, unless you own you know a couple of acres of land and then fancy just one day trying to make that couple of acres look good, because mm. you're not going to, no one wants to do what you, well, okay, no one. People who say, that sounded like the beginning of an insult no, then. No. I, I realise <laughs> Nobody that. wants to do what you do. <laughs> I realise I didn't mean it that way. Which is true. <laughs> no, but someone who wants to experience what you do, yeah. they don't necessarily want to do it, it like for the whole year. No. So the problem is if you actually did have the land and you went and, and did you know all the nice stripes and all that sort of you know landscaping that you were doing it, you then have to go back the next day and maintain it all and the next week and the next month. And the next year, like you have what? to keep maintaining what you, what you do. Otherwise, the grass would overgrow, the bushes would overgrow, and everything that you've done yeah. would be ruined. I'm just thinking over like half term or the summer holidays, I might yeah. set up a camera somewhere, either like a GoPro or maybe even like a um, like up high on one of the buildings. Yeah, I think you should. 
and then just film me like cutting one of the outfields. Yeah, I think you should. Just going up and down and then side I to side. I think it'd be interesting for a lot. And you of just people. do it in faster motion. This could be my viral sensation. Your viral sensation. Yeah. What would you be? What would it? Sam. I could rip off Tim and be Sam the Lord Man. <laughs> the thing is that you've got a name. Ground care, good shit. Sam and Man, <laughs> kind of like they they kind of work. So you need something where you're Sam something Man, Sam Lawn Man, but something a bit more creative. Yeah. We'll just go. We'll, we'll think about that after but, we've done yeah. our list. <laughs> um, so the Scania Miles V8. Miles has sensed a business opportunity. <laughs> Scania V8. As I said, I know there's a lot of um, truck engines, but I think that one is a particularly great engine, and it's also because they have stuck with it. And I have real respect for any company that, when there's a lot of pressure from other companies, because so they've all gone straight sixties, straight mm-hmm. six diesel engines, to say, I think we've got something here. And I think if we keep going with it, because of the practical use of what we need, because Scania do also make straight sixes. They put them in the buses, for example. Yeah. Um, generators, things like that. But if you need to move, you know, if you're in Sweden, you need to move a load of logs out of a, an area of the forest. And they've got to travel a thousand kilometers that day, week, month, whatever. You need a lot of power. Yeah. And you need something that's going to get the job done and it's going to work without being overworked. Mm-hmm. And Scania V8. And from what I could see from being at that truck fest, but it was there is a real passion and love by the people that actually drive them. And do you think, I know, I know you like the mowers that, you know, you're interested in the mowers that you use, but to one of them had um, airbrushed the whole avatar, all the avatar characters over their whole truck. But the cost. I mean, to be fair, if I if 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 it came to a stage where I had sole use of an an item at work, like at the moment, I've got my John Deere. We yeah. call it my John Deere. You scratch my... the name Sam into the top. Of it. <laughs> my yeah. colleague's got the other John Deere. But yeah. if I'm not there for a day or something, somebody else will use it. If it came to a stage where I had my own, I would. I yeah, I'd like give it a name or something and put yeah. a, back, a, a plaque on it or something. I've just realised, Sam. I think the camera that's on me is wonky. Probably, but it suits you because you're quite a wonky person. Yeah, am I? Uh, yeah, great. I'd say you've got like a wonky personality. Right, I'm going to go through the next <laughs> few a little bit quickly because this is a fairly long list and I don't want this to be a 19-hour podcast. I'd rather it wasn't. <laughs> right. Because I want a whinge about something. So. The Volkswagen VR6 engine. The Ooh. reason this gets an entry is it's not a straight six, it's not a V6. It is a slightly offset straight engine. Because the R stands for a German word that actually means straight. Okay. So it's a V straight six. Creates a very unique noise, I think, because of that. And it's why um, I looked at buying R32 okay. a little while ago. They still use this VR6 engine. It started off in a Corrado. It may have been in before that, but as far as I know, it started off in a Corrado. Mm-hmm. And there is still a Volkswagen, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's sold in China, that still has this engine all these years on. Um, but used in the Porsche Cayenne, base models of the Porsche Cayenne had the yeah. R6s for years, and the Volkswagen Passat R36 had uh, this the 3.6 version for the VR6. But it's just a case of, I love it when manufacturers, they go, okay, I want a V6. Okay, we can't fit a V6 here. Right, okay. <laughs> How can we get around this problem? Well, why don't we make it slightly a V6? Like, right, okay. And that will give it some unique sound that will make it different. Mm-hmm. It will give us the power, but it, in a 
compact space. I think that's fantastic. So VR6 gets an entry. Can't continue without mentioning a straight six from BMW. Pick one. I know people will go full and break down, but the straight six BMW Some. engine. Or yeah. all. <laughs> Anyone that I buy. <laughs> <laughs> straight six BMW engine. The, the one I actually wanted to leave, and I'm not being flippant about it. I just, I want to get through this list a little bit quickly. The How next, many have you got on there? Uh, we're not even a quarter of the way. Wow. But the BMW V10 that was in the M5, the generate the E60 generation, mm -hmm. um, hugely high revving V10 motor. That I think there's a strong relation between that and I think it's the S. I can't remember the, the coding of it, but the V8 that's in the M3 of the same generation. I just I love the fact that a manufacturer went hmm. Well, we could put a really high strong high revving engine in a large executive saloon car and see how that goes. And someone at the board went, oh yeah, sounds like a good idea. Whereas <laughs> now it would be, oh, we can put a 1.5 turbo petrol in next to the battery. And I, I, I have an appreciation for that, but not as much as someone in a meeting going, well, how, it's 500 horsepower. Yes. How will this person access 500 horsepower? They will rev their executive car to 8,000 RPM. <laughs> and at that point, they'll have 500 horsepower. Because it meant that people who can't, who are not particularly skilled at driving. Yeah could have a 500 horsepower car and very rarely actually, you know, they could slowly ease their way up to using mm -hmm. that power. Whereas if you give someone a 500 horsepower car now, it's all sort of loaded up with turbo at about 3,000 RPM and people just fly off the road into a tree. <laughs> well, it, it, that's a monumental amount of power. I don't think people today understand the wall of power that gets delivered. It's a, a surge that, unless you really are a good driver, you pay attention to it you really want to enjoy it you're just into illegal speeds very quickly and probably past your driving ability yeah. so engines like that where it's like well just drive it at three four thousand rpm and i've seen people i took someone out for a test drive they revved it to five thousand rpm and they were nearly wetting themselves how excited <laughs> they were and i'm like another four thousand to go <laughs> i'm like it could keep going they're like, they were like i'm terrified to take this any further yeah and so i took it and i uh, we had six of them where I worked because all the execs picked to have the M5, so we'd got used to driving them. I was like, we'll find a bit of space, and I'll. And you open it up, and this person was sold. <laughs> I mean, they, they were they were buying this vehicle, you know. Um, next shout the Volvo T5 engine. Been used by the police. Been yeah. used in the Focus ST and the Mark II RS. It's. The versatility of this engine to be used from fairly staid sort of state vehicle to raucous powerhouse. Yeah. And the tuning potential, which is one of the things that a few engines here I pick out, the, the tuning potential of that engine is, is incredible. But five cylinders. I like anything that has five cylinders. And you, you, do. don't, you don't see them very often. So, so I think you shouldn't be in charge of putting this together. Because if it was, if I'd been involved in this, you'd have said, do you have to pick a top 10? Well, but we'll I imagine <laughs> you've picked like 40. No, no, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're now over a quarter of the way, I think. <laughs> Too much. Okay, Nissan, I'm going to start just knocking out a few engines now, okay? Because if people know what they are, they'll know why I've named them. The Nissan GTR with the 3.8 litre V6, it's coded with DETT at the end, V. 36, I think it is. 
But it's the one in the modern day GTR mm-hmm. that's just gone out. The reason this engine gets a pick, I've they when this first came out, they were putting it up against you know like Virons to see how quickly it would start to you know lose um, yeah lose uh, road against lose road is the wrong word. What am I looking for? Lose ground. Lose ground. Thank you, Sam. Um, on something like a million dollar you know hypercar and to think that such a machine was being sold when it was new at first like fifty five thousand pounds now they've drifted up eighty ninety thousand but the tuning potential there's a lot you can get out of these engines without going into the never never of money has to get a mention mazda's rotary engine we all knew we all knew that was going to be in yeah i mean i know people We'll talk about how they break down and blah, blah, blah. But forget, like, I can only say forget about all of that. There's there's a reason why it won the mod. And if it's maintained perfectly, as in the same way you would maintain a Ferrari, there is no reason why something like an RX-7. The problem is they were never selling it to an audience that would maintain it. Like that someone would was, maintain a Ferrari. Yeah. That was the colossal problem. It had the running schedule of an exotic car being sold at the price of a of a hot hatchback, yeah, with a complex, high revving power band delivery that not a lot of people yeah. appreciated. And I remember I used to show people like the start procedure, this, how to stop, how to what to do before turning the engine off when you do a short drive, which is to put your foot on the throttle, like four or five seconds, burn off all the fuel and shut the engine on itself. People were like, "You can't do that." But that's Mazda engineers came to our dealer. Yeah, but it's not practical. For everyday use. What, to sit in Tesco car park going, or, or on your driveway if you've got home late at night. Well, your neighbours will love it. Like, oh, he's, oh, the RX-8's back, or the RX-7's back. Yeah, brilliant, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, but well, you're awake now. <laughs> um, the Lamborghini V12 that went all the way from the Miura, Diablo, Murcielago. I see, I'd agree with that. I'd actually have a slight interest in that bit. Yeah, the, the fact that it managed to travel across these generations and... Again, it's one of those things where I like any engine where someone's gone, and this is a bit, a bit like the Scania V8. It's that thing of, we've got something good here. Let's just keep fine tuning this and make it better and better and better and better and better. So I don't think it needs much more than that. Sam, do you want to add anything you can do? Oh, no, I don't have anything to add. I just like that car. From that, the 1.6 litre engine in any Toyota Corolla. Why? Because that has probably moved more people on this earth than any other motor I'm going to mention. Yeah, probably. Like, there is something to be said for exotic cars and for cars that are fast and, you know, amazing engineering achievements. And then you have to remember that things like a bus engine and, you know, a Corolla engine, if it were not, you know, the idea of a Corolla being that you buy it, you barely maintain it, it keeps running no matter what, and it moves people around who actually really, really need to be moved around because they're, yeah, you know, they're not. They haven't got loads of money to spend. They haven't mm-hmm. got money to burn, and they just need to move from one well, area to the other. Everyday people, yeah, to get to work, to do whatever they need to do to live their life. That's probably moved more than anything else on this list, and so it gets a shout out. NSX with the new NSX with the hybrid motor, just because it was the first of that new generation. Yeah, shame it's a horrible car. I think it's fantastic. What are you, you don't like the look? No, it's horrible. Oh, it's amazing. What are you talking no, about? No, the old one's much nicer. Yeah, but then you don't like the R8 either. 
No, because that's just an Audi TT. Yeah, so you're strong. Well, it is. It looks exactly the same as an Audi TT. It's just a bit bigger. From a Corolla to a Ferrari, the V12 engine in Ferraris. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Formula One cars. Pick one. (laughs) Yeah. Of any point in history, yes, it's on the list. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Porsche air-cooled engines. What, what about like the ones that are in like the 360? Because that wasn't a V12, was it? V8. Yeah, but that needs to have a shout out. Uh, it does iconic. But, I, but I, the thing is, I don't want to give any particular manufacturer to like this is this was what made the list very difficult. I would argue that the V8 would have to go in over the V12. No, V12. The most iconic. iconic. Yeah, but it's the most iconic sound from our generation. No, the V12. If if I played anybody the that five, noise, if you played them a five seven five, a five fifty. A eight twelve, um, a five. Well, they all sound relatively the same, though. Well, V eight and a V twelve. Yeah. If I played you, if you're telling people me it's crying. in a five, seven, people are crying who are watching this. If I said, if you're telling me that was in a five seven five, if yeah. I played you the noise of a five seven five or a three sixty, people would just say Ferrari. I'm talking. I'm talking about people that aren't like enthusiasts. Okay. Probably fair. They'd be like, "That's a Ferrari." Um. Yeah, if but they, I would associate a 360. But then sound. I think people who didn't couldn't tell the difference probably wouldn't know whether it was a Lamborghini or Ferrari. Mm, I mm, I'd argue that. You think someone who doesn't know anything about cars could tell the difference yeah. between a V12 Lambo and a V12 Ferrari? Probably. But they don't they, they don't know the difference between a V8 Ferrari and a V12. No, Ferrari. I'm just saying that the 360 sound is so iconic that I think people would be able to differentiate that from a Lamborghini. Well, let us know. There's, there's comments that you can add. Oh, the main camera's dipped. Hold on. The main camera's dipped. We've got a dipping camera, everyone. I'm sorry, anyone who's watching that. You've probably been watching Sam's Well, yeah, but you'll, ed- you'll edit it. So <laughs> that bit just won't be in it. Well, as long as all the other cameras. What usually happens when I record these is one camera gives up at some point during a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one's gone, like, wonky again. The one that you've taped to the screen. Yeah, good. <laughs> hey, it's an endless budget at the Mars Driven. Endless budget. Anyway, um... Porsche air-cooled engines. True. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I don't need to go into a list because uh, Sam wants to make his complaint. But well, It's not a complaint. It's more of a discussion topic, but it could okay. be a discussion topic for the next podcast. Don't mind. The 4.2 litre TDI engine that was fitted across the Volkswagen group was in some Audis. I don't think it made it into Porsche. It's coded, if you buy it in a marine version, as a 350-8. The fact that you can have a marine engine yeah. in your Audi A8, you know that if there's possibilities of things being very powerful, very torquey, and very unlikely to break down, is an engine that is made predominantly for, well, I say predominantly, with the mindset of this needs to be used in a mar- like marine um, application. Right, okay. Because what people generally don't accept when they're buying an engine for their boat is being 200 miles off the coast. And it just packing up. And it just going, oh, no, I don't fancy working today. Yeah. And That's it has true. to also operate at a continued throttle level, which yeah. cars don't have to do. You know, cars, you stop tight in traffic. Sometimes you cruise along. Mm-hmm. Whereas a boat engine is just sat there at, say, 2,000 RPM until it gets to close to its destination. So I'm really hoping that main camera is looking a bit tilted again, isn't it, Sam? I, to be honest, I wasn't looking at what it looked like when we started. I try not to look at the cameras at all. I try. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, the Bugatti W16 engine. Yep. 
want to add anything on that? Uh, they make too many cars now, but that's different to their engines. <laughs> yes. uh, all VTEC engines, because I like Hondas. Yep. So I'm not even going to bother trying to argue about that. <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> and then, and this is a split. Split? Okay. Two engines in one. Because it's a hybrid. It's the Toyota Supra engine. Yeah. Okay. So we all know the Fast and Furious Supra, the straight six engine in it. Um, I'm completely forgetting the code, which really makes me look like an amateur and I should know off the top of my head immediately what the code is, but I've completely forgotten. But this is a legendary engine mm -hmm. that's fitted to that. Then there is the new Supra engine, which people go as a BMW, blah, blah, blah. It's not. The way this engine was created was BMW and Toyota designed an engine. BMW made the engine, sent it to, to, to Toyota, who said this is completely unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Had like 1,500 revisions that needed or something like that. And then together they worked to make the motor as it stands today. It goes in the Z4. It goes in a list of BMWs. goes in the Toyota Supra. Highly tunable. Really, even at the factory, it's creating more power a lot of the time than what they claim. Yeah. So far, very, very reliable. And for the power it's churning out, it's going to... I think that is one of those future engines, a bit like the Supra of, the, of old. It's yeah. like if you could get hold of one from somewhere and just put it in a car, 1,000 horsepower. <laughs> you know, like... And 1,000 and horsepower that you can sort of launch at a track more than once. Yeah. Um, I know I've missed loads of engines. There'll be Subaru people that are like, what about the Boxer engines? Mm -hmm. There'll be, well, I suppose Evo owners on the other side of that. Yeah, they'll but, feel like the forgotten people. Yeah, and there was loads of British um, ones I wanted to pick up. And American V8, you know, any V8 that went in a Ford truck because a bit like the Toyota 1.6, the idea that a Ford truck with a V8 has probably moved and done more that nation in building it over the last hundred years than most of the other engines out there although then again gm and um dodge now or we'll get into a minefield now yeah and it's the problem <laughs> is you start to make a claim about one and you know there'll be a, pe a lot of people with another opinion on another, but... oh, one of my neighbors is has obviously started dating someone that owns a dodge ram Oh, nice. which now parks outside my house every Excellent. sort of other week that that makes me happy it takes up quite a lot of room <laughs> yeah they do, don't they? But, but then you feel comfortable in them well i don't know i'm not sat in it oh, i'm well, not part of their relationship uh, i'll ask me if you can join <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi i see there's only two of you in this relationship <laughs> um that's in my list but if you have another engine in, in your mind that you're and you think actually no this should have gone on great engine list you can message into us or you can put a comment on YouTube. Yeah, send it to Miles. Because <laughs> I won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Facebook for Sam, Instagram for me, or I usually the one that picks up comments on YouTube. Yes. You so, say usually, exclusively. I think is the word yeah. you're looking for. No, I think you've done one or two when I haven't been around. Okay. Um, Sam sometimes does some. She probably does more than me. Uh, Sam's complaint, bottom of my list. Right. We... We, not me and you, okay, me and my wife, my coffee that's cold yeah, now, yeah. were out the other day and we drove past our local sort of fruit and veg place, but they have like quite extensive grounds. They host events. Okay. And we drove past the sun and just said, oh, there's a motorcycle and car meet here on whatever day. Cool. She's like, oh, okay, that's quite cool. We could go down to that because she quite likes old vehicles. Oh, was it a classics one? 
Um, not necessarily, but the, the sort of inclination from the sign was there would be some older stuff there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it was on a bank holiday when we were doing something else. Okay. I think I might have been working. Well, I said, oh, we could, you know, there's hundreds of these sort of car meets that go on every weekend around the whole country, which I think is true. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, I mean, no, but the, on scale, there's big ones. That yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about the ones you'd have month. to buy tickets for, just the ones no, where okay. you turn up and yeah, there's yeah. like 50 cars in a field and a hot dog stand that serves questionable meat that might have been cooked or might not have been cooked. And you'll, find but, that, you'll know that night. <laughs> my complaint is, how do you find them if you're not in a community? Do you know what's interesting? That, say this weekend, yeah. so it's Saturday now, they're usually on Sundays, from what I know. If you wanted tomorrow to go to a car meet somewhere around where we live, you're willing to travel sort of 20 miles, and you want to just go for a walk for an hour, have a look at some old cars, buy a food-poisoned bit of meat in a bread, and then go home, how'd you go about doing it? So Why this... has someone not created a sort of big database? That you can sort yeah, of just this, put in your postcode and it tells you what's going on. This is really interesting because, funny enough, did, did, did was it did Kat bring this up to you, or did you bring? We it to we her? sort of had it. Well, she okay. said we. I'd like to go to. Yeah, that's yeah. something we could do on a weekend if we've not got anything. It's planned. funny because my wife did exactly the same thing to me. She said, "Why is it we always find out about something After as it's happening, happening yeah, or, or yeah. like you know?" So it's like three o'clock in the afternoon of a Saturday, mm -hmm. and she'll scroll through something and she'll go, "Oh, there's a car show on at Mister Silverstone," you yeah. know. Somewhere around us that we could get to quite easily, and I'll go. Oh, didn't know. And the only, the only, we, we, you can get calendars of certain areas. For example, in a car magazine that I got the other week, the Santa Pod events calendar was included. Yeah, well, that's fine because that's it. a big area. I'm talking like literally. This, some of the most of these are just in fields. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere. And and I completely agree with you, Sam. It's very difficult. You have to be, as far as I can understand from looking at it, you have to be very active on social media, mainly Facebook. Yeah, where these things get announced, but in that community, and I but don't within, want, yeah, or a surrounding community of it. But I'm not necessarily interested in having my Facebook feed filled up with people talking about how they've replaced the camshaft on their thing or, this week, or complained about the binmin. Yeah, I don't necessarily want that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. why isn't there an area where you can find out? Oh yeah, right, I'm in this area this weekend. Oh, there's quite a few little sort of meets going on. I could pop along to that. Surely it's beneficial for them because they there is an entrance fee to all of them, regardless of if it's in a field or not. I think it's a market. It might be a couple of quid to pay to go in and have a look. Yeah, but yeah. the more people you get there, the more money you're going to make. Surely it's beneficial. As I say, I think it's a marketing. And you're not doing a lot in the day sometimes. Why don't you come up with a big generic search engine yeah. that people can then just enter their things onto, and you can make millions. Millions. I'd have thought so. I don't. I, if I you think... created like a like a Google. Not right. saying create Google, but you know what I mean. Like a, if I created a Google, but, I agree with you that I would probably be doing. <laughs> but like a central database that people could, they'd either they could upload the locations of what where they're having a car meet. Yeah. So that it's all in one place and people know where to look. Yeah. So you want like an open Excel file that some people yeah, can just guess, access. Yeah. The trouble is that then you have to manage that open Excel file to make sure that there isn't people that are having a five car meet in a pub car park in. Yeah, but then you charge a couple of quid for each and then person. No one does I, no, I, I know what you mean. Will, it, it's a good idea. It's just you either have to be the one going out and finding out where they all are. Yeah, well, that's impossible. You'd have to drive around every field in yeah. the country. Well, or you'd have to be, as I say, very active on social media and search each particular... Um, um, I'm, I, but I'm in like the local club. Facebook groups of yeah. where I live and I never see them get posted in so, like, our local village group. I, 
when I've thought about this before, I've wondered whether they are trying to deliberately be exclusionary. Maybe. Because it's that classic thing of you have a car meet and let's say you have a classic car meet. Mm-hmm. The majority of people going to a classic car meet between the ages of eight and 810 are probably quite happy about classic cars because if you're really old, they might remind you of being younger and you, you think, oh, you know, your granddad had one of these mm-hmm. or whatever else. And if you're young, it's cars, it's cool. And older cars particularly, you can see a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The trouble is, newer cars, people, particularly some of the obnoxious creations that are coming out of manufacturers now, yeah, have a lot of people who don't like them. And if you manage to get those people to turn up, they are going to be more of a hindrance to your car show. Yeah, because they're going to complain about things like why does it, why does your exhaust puff and bang and all this sort of stuff, and you go because the manufacturer has decided that's what people like, and I have no understanding as to why. But it, it's this problem of mixing within car shows. Like I mean, as I say when I went to that truck show, I, I said to my wife, I went, there was some guys, um, you know, beeping their horns and stuff, and they were on like the back field. And then there's a few of them just sort of like turning on their engines. You could tell it was between a few different engine manufacturers, not the actual manufacturers themselves, but yeah, people yeah. who own them. They were like, yeah, well, listen to my one. And they're just there revving a truck engine. And I thought, if Greenpeace saw this, <laughs> there is a man in his truck just revving his diesel engine <laughs> for the noise. Now, to me, I understand that. To you, you understand that. Because he's like, yeah, but listen to how this sounds. But to someone who feels that Every single time an engine is switched on in this world, you know, another planet is disintegrated. <laughs> and it's not to make too much fun of them, but you have to, you know, I don't come to a horse show and say, oh, I'm not happy about this. I don't go to a fashion show and say, you know, this is wasted, X like this. People ha- all have their own interests. And I, I can only guess that the shows that have tried to be a bit wider spread. Yeah. And now controlling it either with extortionate prices. Because I looked at us, us doing a few car shows this year. Sound like considering you've got to get there. Yeah. You turn up and it used to be I remember going to Santa Pod like twelve ish years ago. It was like twelve quid on the door. You know, two of you in the car, twenty five quid. Okay, in you go. Now you're talking thirty five quid, forty quid. And so it makes it quite you know, if you're a family, you're looking at a hundred quid to turn up to a car show. Yeah, and I can only reason. The only, I mean, I know obviously is money and everything else is always this, but I can only imagine they're doing that to try and stop people who generally have no interest in car shows showing up. But then I, I understand your point. Maybe they would be interested in cars if they came in. Yeah, it's it's one of those baffling things for me. Well, it's quite an ageing demographic for the sort of car shows that we're on about for the yeah, older stuff. it is. So it's just going to die out then. It makes me really sad. It does. I mean, particularly when it comes to, like you say, trying to get more people into, like we've talked about, is trying to get more women interested in cars, trying to get more younger people who are being shown phones. And it's like, look, this new phone is ever so slightly better than this one. It's yeah. £2,000. And you're like... <laughs> Right, let me show you what you could buy for two thousand pounds. When you go into the class one, you're like, look at this heat, right? But you go and spend yourself three hundred pounds well, on tools, and but that's where you know when I was sixteen, the idea of having some heat, and then which has led you to where you are today. Yes, but even tea cutting a front wing felt like a monumental achievement when you're sixteen. You're like, this wing 
wasn't this colour <laughs> earlier today, and I've used some polish, not very well, <laughs> and it now looks slightly better. And to everyone else's eye, it doesn't. But to you, monument. And then you buy a screwdriver set, and you and your mate are there trying to figure out why the end of a Phillips head doesn't fit in the end of the bolt, and it's because it's a torque head and you don't know that. <laughs> but these are those great things that get people interested in, you know. Um, and so I, I do completely get what you're saying. I just, I'm, I can only go along this. That's the lines that I thought along. Yeah. Maybe they're deliberately no, trying to yeah. stop people. and Or just bad planning. Um, yeah, probably a mixture of the both. It's probably but, all of that. All yeah, of them. sort it out. That's, yeah. Is there anything more that you would like to? Uh, I don't think so. Are you sure? Yeah. Do you have a? Have you thought of an engine you'd like to add into this no. engines <laughs> podcast? <laughs> no. Well, in that case, that's the end of episode ninety-nine. Very good. Next episode will be one hundred, and then that will be the end of our first series. So <laughs> this is just so idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone, and we shall see you next time. Take care. Thank you.